Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. In the book of Acts, you read over there, and God did some marvelous things, didn't he? We read about that. It's the early church, and it's really where we take uh, our direction and guidance from the Lord and what needs to happen in the church. Now, if you listened uh, to, um, quote, traditional church, you would never even know that what's in the book of Acts should be happening because it's so far away. Well, I'm not here to condemn. I'm not. I'm not condemning because I was a part of that. But my eyes were opened through the scripture and through reading the whole scripture, but especially in the book of Acts. And I began to see, well, if God was doing those kinds of things there, why are we not seeing it? It's because people don't believe it. They, they think it's a, it's a period that has passed. It was something that God was doing, but he's no longer doing today, except that doesn't agree with scripture because he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what we see in that Bible is what God wants to do today. And if he did miracle signs and wonders, then that's what he wants to do today. And so when we pray, when we unite together, we need to be taking our pattern, if you will, after the church in the book of Acts. Amen? So in Acts, those people, they got together, you know, on the day of Pentecost, they were in the upper room. Well, they've been in that upper room, you know, some say 10 days. They've been up there for 10 days, united in prayer, seeking God and praying for the will of God to be done. And the Holy Spirit fell in that place. And that's what happens when people unite for long periods of time in prayer. The Holy Spirit will fall. And when he falls, he doesn't leave us the same. When he falls, he changes and he begins to rearrange things and he begins to do things in our hearts and in our lives. He changes us. We're not Mr. and Miss Nasty anymore. We become touched by the Holy Spirit and he begins to deal with us and talk to us. And he'll begin to talk to us about this thing called prayer and how important it is in your life. You want things in your family, in your home, on your job? Pray! These people prayed and they sought God and things began to happen. Now, and then Peter, after this extended time of prayer, Peter got up and he preached a message. And if you read that message, which I was going over that today, And it's not a long message. It's really a short message. And somebody said one time, they said they they prayed for 10 days and preached for 10 minutes and 3,000 people got born again. And it's really, if you read, that's exactly what happened. But what do we do? We pray for 10 minutes and we preach for 10 days and we have a few souls saved. 
So that gives us a key. Now, am I indicating in any way that you shouldn't preach the word and that you shouldn't go into depth and spend time? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm telling you that the church, the traditional church, has forgotten about the power of prayer. And they've forgotten about the word of God too. It takes both of those things for God to do a work in the earth. It seems like God will do nothing except a man would pray. That's a quote from, you know, a prayer warrior of many years ago. But it really is true. And so, yes, the word must be preached, but prayer must be made. And if you read about revivals, revivals came when groups of people got together and they began to seek God and they began to pray. So could it be that Redemption Church is tippy-toeing in on something here in this uh, prayer time, you know, extended times of prayer? Could it be that that's what we're doing? I believe it could. You know, it's not up to me, it's up to God. But I believe God is pleased with that. Amen? The Word of God is to be exalted. You know, in one place in the Bible, it says that the Word is exalted above the name of Jesus, and the name of Jesus is powerful. But the Word of God is powerful, and it's been exalted to a place that we need to be people of the Word. And those are the very people that need to be praying. Because when you know the Word of God, you ask what you will. And because God's Word dwells in you, you ask for those things, and you are assured that they're going to happen. Amen. Now, what a truth. What a truth. So knowing the Bible is very important to being a fruitful, productive person of prayer. So many people are praying and begging God, and they have no idea that He has promised certain things to us, and we don't have to beg for them. We have to pray it. We have to speak it. We have to believe what we read in this book, and then it's ours. We accept, believe you receive when you pray, and you will have it. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, that's what Thomas had to do too, isn't it? Doubting Thomas. You know, hear that when I was a, a child, you know, hearing the Bible stories. Well, we believe and we don't see it but we receive it by faith. There are things right now that you are sitting here and you need in your life. Believe that you receive it when you pray, get you a promise, stand on it, pray about it, and it's yours. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let the devil talk you out of it and pull it out of your life. He's very good at doing that. He's the liar. He's a father of liars. Some of you, God's done some marvelous things in your life. And maybe you've not been serving God long. And it could have been drugs. It could have been pornography. It could have been alcohol. You know, all kinds of things could have been going on in your life. But when you come to the Lord and He cleansed you, and then the devil wants to come back and he wants to tell you, well, you really didn't get anything. You really didn't get anything. I... I'm going to come back in. I'm going to walk on into your life. And you know what you need to say? And you need to say it out loud. No, in Jesus' name. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I rebuke you and you get out 
of my life, I don't accept the lies that you want to implant. See, once he puts that thought in there and then you begin to mull it over and you begin to think about it and you begin to, well, maybe it is true. Maybe. I know how it works because I'm a human just like you. But you've got to do something to deal with it and not allow that thought to just roll around in your mind. I am bought and paid for, and there's no devil in hell going to tell me that I'm not redeemed, that I'm not going to heaven. I'm not, I'm not having that. Some people struggle. I, I did, and see, that's why I can say with confidence and a lot of joy, I struggled over that for many years, not knowing the Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so then when I learned that, I could fight against, because I really have been born again. But the enemy tormented me through that. Well, you know, and then before you know it, he'll tell you, you've committed the unpardonable. Most people don't even know what that is. <laughs> the devil just is, like I said, he's the father of lies. He, you know, He'll make something up to try to get. So don't let the enemy get that from you. Whatever God's promised, you can have it. And don't let him bring things back into your life that you've been delivered from. And what if you fall? If you fall, get up again, repent, and keep on going. We're not going to condemn. We're not going to, you know, throw somebody out. We're going to get in there and stand with them and help them. And then one day they're going to be totally and completely free. And that one day will be when you want it, when you desire it, and when you fight for it. Fight the good fight of faith. Isn't that right? Yeah, I'm not talking about fighting the devil. I'm talking about fighting to hold on to your faith, to trust and believe in God that he has delivered you. Amen. So we don't throw people out when they fall and when they fail. We are there to help them and we help them stand back up. You have to get up. Amen. I don't know why I'm saying all that, but I just believe I needed to. So... I'll just tell you this, prayer determines the effectiveness of any church. It doesn't matter what church that it is. A church that is a prayerless church is a powerless church. But a praying church is a church that's full of God's power. How do people get born again? It's the power of God. It's the glory of God. It's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that comes. He doesn't come everywhere because he's not welcomed everywhere. I was reading in Exodus 17, and we can just flip over there if you want to for a moment. Exodus 17. And I was reading about the story of Moses, and we're all familiar with this story. And in this book, you know, the enemies were coming against Moses, the people. Moses, the people that he was leading had turned against him. And all, he was having a really, really difficult time as a leader. And I think that we can learn some things about a leader 
uh, in the local church. And it's not just one leader. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm emphasizing here tonight the senior pastor, but the leadership, the, the other pastoral staff and the other people that are in leadership roles on a church staff, they, 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 they have things that happen to bring pressure to rob and steal and stop them from being effective too. So it goes across the board. But godly leaders come under attack. And that's what you learn when you read Exodus 17. And so why the church needs to know this, they need to realize it, they need to surround leadership, uh, you know, they need to stand in the gap and make up the hedge, so to speak, and, and you pray. Because if I ask you today, how many people in this room is this church important to? Well, some of you, you built your whole life around, and you, you know, your families and, and all this. Some of you are new coming in, but it's important to you right now, important to your spiritual growth. So because of that, it's the responsibility of each congregation to lift the leadership up in their church because pressure and stress come. You know, Paul said, the care of the ministry falls on me daily. And so we, if Paul faced it, Leadership is going to face it. Moses faced it. Those people turned against him. He was under attack from the very people that he was leading. And then he got under attack with, from the Amalekites. They were coming after them, coming after the people. And so he had all that that he had to, to deal with. And Moses got tired. He got upset with the people. And he began to question God at one point. God gave him direction, told him to, you know, to strike that rock. You remember that? And water would come out to help the people because they were complaining about everything, which that happened. But, you know, we, we can't really get too down on the Israelites. Did you know that? <laughs> we can't really get too down on them because they're humans just like we are. And we can start getting in that complaining, murmuring mode ourselves, But we don't need to do that. We need to pray and we need to stand together. Amen? All right. Then uh, I began to look at Jesus' life and he was, he was attacked for a time too. He was under pressure and stress, if you will. And Luke 4, we're not going to turn there. But as you read that story, you see that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he began to fast for 40 days. And during that time, the enemy was there to attack him, to come against him, spirit, soul, and body, if you will, if you read about that. And Satan said, you know, this whole world is mine and I can give it to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Jesus, every time that the enemy came, he said it was written. And so Jesus, though, he was a leader among the leaders, isn't he? He's the captain of our salvation. He's the great leader. And he came under attack. And so people that are in leadership, it's going to happen. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to stand together and we need to pray. Listen to this, Exodus 32, 17, and I'm hurrying. There is a sound of battle in the camp. Now, what does that mean? We need to go on the offense and there needs to be a sound of battle that comes through praise, that comes through worship, and comes through prayer. There needs to be a sound of battle in the camp. And I'm going to tell you, in this camp, there needs to be the sound 
of a battle, of a war that's going on here. It's a different kind of war than, you know, just a normal natural warfare. It's the kind of war that lifts up the name of Jesus Christ, that begins to praise, that begins to glorify the Lord. And it's a praise and a worship and a prayer. And the prayer is asking God for divine intervention, asking God for things to happen that need to happen in that local church, in their nation, in a world. And we call upon God and that's the sound of battle. I hear the sound of battle. I hear the trumpet. And it's calling the church to come to the place of unifying in prayer, unity of the Spirit. How powerful is unity of the Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.